Welcome back to another edition of Divorce Force Podcast. My name is Adam. I hope everybody is staying safe out there. States reopen, especially during this time of social distancing. So I want to welcome in my guest, Cameron Bell, today. He's an up-and-comer West Virginia graduate, currently marketing coordinator at the Major League Baseball Players Association alumni. How's it going today, Cameron? Hey, how you doing, Adam? How's it going? How are things? Uh, how are things with you so far? Yeah, everything's going good down here in uh, sunny Florida. You know, our state's been open up a couple of weeks, and everything's kind of you know returning normal. You know, just uh, you know personally, just trying to stay safe and you know you know keep my family safe. So for the most part, you know, all is well, and uh, you know, hopefully, you can say the same on your end. Exactly, exactly. So I'm I'm up in Maryland and yeah, kind of slowly but surely trying to get to some somewhere normalcy as as the weather heats up, you know. So everything's going go. well for here. But yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we could connect. I know we've been in communication in the past before, but I know you went to West Virginia, graduated and uh tell me what you know, what initially, you know, piqued your interest in getting into the sports industry. Yeah, I mean, I guess what initially piqued my interest in getting into the sports industry is just, you know, growing up, you know, being a normal kid in (laughs) Northern Virginia, you know, just playing sports all the time. And when I wasn't playing sports, you know, watching sports 24-7 on ESPN, I was the type of kid that, you know, could watch, you know, Sports Center from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. and watch the same, <laughs> watch the same highlights over and over. And, and then, you know, my mom would come into the room and be like, you know, you've watched these highlights already. And it's like, I don't care. I, I can't get enough of it. So basically just, you know, playing, you know, all the major sports and, you know, basically just loving that, you know, uh, you know camaraderie with my teammates and you know, the ability to, you know, accomplish a, a common goal with them and, you know, uh, win win games and, you know, kind of feel successful and, you know, kind of, you know, have some motivation to, you know, be successful at something that you love. So if that, you know, me was, you know, football and baseball, you know, I saw, you know, you know, kids on the field that, you know, could run faster, throw harder than me. You know, I wanted to do everything in my power, you know, to be, you know, better than them. Right. You know, exactly. And kind of, you know, develop, you know, and that's really where I developed, you know, a work ethic is kind of, uh, you know, jealousy and, you know, envy. It's like, wow, you know, I feel like I'm working, you know, so much harder than these guys. And, and yet they're still, you know, a little bit better than me. So, you know, I just, you know, growing up, I was always that, you know, kid just, you know, trying really hard. Right. You know, you know, practicing all the time, you know, even after practice, you know, running those extra sprints you know, hitting those extra balls and basically, you know, growing up, you know, thought the path to get involved with sports was just by being, you know, a a pro athlete and getting drafted. Didn't really know too much about, you know, the sports industry and how you could, you know, make money by uh, being something other than a pro athlete. And, you know, you kind of just see, you know, on everything and, you know, how much money these, you know, athletes are getting <laughs> just from a kid's perspective. And, you know, they're driving the shiny cars and have, you know, the flashy clothes and <laughs> wow, this is something I really want to, you know, be, this is who I want to be like. Um, 
you know, and then, you know, high school, you know, eventually, you know, uh, you know, puberty starts and <laughs> you start, uh, you know, realizing that, you know, kids are growing to, you know, six, four, six, five, you know, 230 pounds and you're stuck at, uh, five, 10, <laughs> 70. So, you know, kind of realized that you know, being a pro athlete wasn't really in the cards. Um, so I kind of looked at, uh, you know, collegiate athletics as an alternative. Um, and then, you know, you know, my main sport was baseball just because, you know, being, you know, left-handed and, you know, just being around the game, uh, you know, father, you know, grew up with it, actually played, you know, at the University of Maryland. So he taught the, the ins and outs of the sport and, you know, kind of, you know, formed that bonding experience with him. So, you know, I really enjoyed playing baseball and it was, you know, I, you know, not to brag, but I, I felt like I was, you know, relatively good at the sport. So I thought I could, you know, kind of, you know, be like my father and, and be, you know, D1 athlete. Uh, you know, and then in high school, just, you know, dealt with injuries, you know, to my arm, you know, as, you know, is probably a common sto story for, you know, a lot of guys. So, you know, collegiate athletics, you know, kind of, you know, was, you know, debunked for me and, and couldn't really go into it. Um, but I did know that, you know, I still want to, you know, be within, you know, sports, right? So, you know, kind of when applying for colleges, uh, you know, looked at West Virginia University, you know, great football team, great college atmosphere. <laughs> so I was like, you know, hey, that's the school I want to go to. And then looking at, you know, majors, you know, this major, you know, sport management and just reading through it, like, wow, this sounds, you know, great to be involved with, you know, sports and, and things like that. So it was like, you know, I need to, you know, sign up for this major and, you know, make the most of it. So that's basically, you know, how, you know, I kind of got, you know, introduced, you know, to it going into, you know, college, you know, didn't really, you know, do too much to kind of, you know, help my professional career in the first two years. I kind of, you know, slacked off just enjoying being away from, you know, the family and kind of enjoying the college lifestyle, you know, some bit too much my freshman year and sophomore <laughs> always, year. Right? <laughs> yeah well you know West Virginia that's that's you know common case for a lot of people so when you got a bunch of you know people around you you know kind of not making the best decisions and you're kind of you know a follower you know it, it takes a while to kind of you know set yourself straight and be like this isn't the path I want to go down so kind of you know that snapped in my head you know junior year you know when listening to my professor saying Hey, to kind of, you know, separate yourself from other candidates because you guys are going to be entering the workforce fairly soon. So you guys, you know, need to, you know, start applying inter internships, you know, joining groups and building those soft skills to, you know, really, you know, stick out from the crowd because, you know, it's not enough just to walk into a room with, uh, you know, potential, you know, uh, people that are going to hire you. And say, oh, I like sports, so hire me. That's, that's, exactly. That's exactly. just not going to cut it. So really, you know, my first, you know, introduction, you know, to an internship was working with the West Virginia Black Bears, you know, uh, minor league team up at the campus of West Virginia University is where they play. You know, the short season affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, you know, kind of, you know, carried, you know, my uh sports work ethic, you know, into my you know, internship where, you know, hey, trying to, you know, outwork everybody, you know, just to, you know, kind of stick out from the crowd and, and you know, eventually, you know, uh, 
be better because of you know the work I was putting into it. So just uh, you know, I was hired by the uh, facilities department and basically was hired with about you know ten other guys. You know, and I made sure to kind of be you know the leader of that group. So I always wanted to make sure that I was going to be the you know first person to work and the last person to leave before uh, I left. You know, every day, you know, with with internships, they you know keep you uh, under thirty hours, just so you you know can't get benefits. Yeah. And it's, it's like a, it's a legal um, obligation of theirs not to you know work you like um, you know actual employees. Um, before I left, you know, basically, you know, ask the people, you know, before I leave, do you need help with anything else, right? Just to m- make them. Uh, you know, aware, you know, hey, I'm, I'm here with you guys. I'm just not, you know, punching a clock saying, hey, nine to two. I'm just, I'm just, you know, here for the credit, right? Exactly. Graduate. exactly. I'm, I'm here for you guys because, you know, I really care about what I'm doing. So, you know, that left, you know, good marks with my boss. And then ultimately when I was graduating, he said, you know, if, if there's anything, you know, I can help you with, I'm going to write you, you know, a great reference, you know, a, a two-page reference, you know, stating, you know, what you did uh, for us, you know, in our department, you know, over the uh, over the summers. And so, you know, it was just, you know, really uh, heartwarming to kind of get that feedback. And, and that's kind of, you know, con- that's how I continued my approach because of the feedback, you know, from, you know, my boss, it's like, wow, you know, I must be doing something right. So I just continue to, you know, carry around those traits, you know, even, you know, till now and, and will continue to uh, do so in the future. So then, you know, obviously, you know, graduated uh, within, you know, four years, which, you know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of. Not too many people can say that coming out of Virginia. <laughs> you know, typically it takes them a little bit longer, you know, just because, like I said, you know, it's a little bit of a different uh, lifestyle up there um, with, you know, in terms of, you know, partying and doing the right thing. Um, so post-college, you know, kind of, you know, got out and, you know, a lot of the jobs, you know, is, you know, ticket sales and, you know, you go to you know, a couple websites and stuff. And I, I just felt that, you know, that really wasn't for me. Right. You know, I didn't really, you know, have, you know, something in my heart saying, you know, I want to sell tickets uh, for you guys to enjoy games, you know, just felt like <laughs> there was something else that I could be doing that, you know, motivated me a little bit more, um, you know, with the degree that I got from West Virginia. So just, you know, kind of doing the, uh, you know, fresh out of college thing, you know, looking for jobs and stuff. And uh, at a summer barbecue uh, right outside my house, you know, chirping it up with my neighbor I'm kind of telling them, you know, hey, you know, fresh out of college, looking for a job, you know, my uh, degrees in sport management. And actually he's, you know, said, you know, I got a great friend uh, that works right down the road uh, out of his house for a agency, NFL agency. Um, you know, I can set up an inter- informational interview uh, with you all and, you know, sit down and, and you can kind of pick his brain and, and see you know, if that's something that's of interest to you. And immediately when he said NFL agent, you know, I was like, you know, that's, that's a crazy job. I, I want to learn, you know, so much more about it and, you know, let's do it. So, so met, uh, you know, Andy Ross, who is also 
from Leesburg, Virginia, met him at a Starbucks and <laughs> set, sat down. You know, I was all dressed up in my suit, you know, had the resume, all that stuff, the contact cards and what have you. And he sits down and the first thing he says is like, listen, kid, you know, I, I can't pay you, you know, not hire <laughs> you. But, you know, in saying that, you know, your neighbor was talking about, you know, you know all you've accomplished and things like that. And uh, I have no problem you know, bringing you on to help me out with the uh, 2017 NFL season because I'm going to you know, need a lot of help with, uh, you know, recruiting some, you know, NFL prospects as well as, you know, helping out with my existing uh, clients. So that's basically what I helped out with for the majority of uh, 12 months, uh, just working out of his house and assisting him with really – you know, anything that his uh, players needed for the first half, you know, during the season. Uh, and that kind of was, you know, getting gifts and stuff for them, uh, you know, reaching out to uh, clothing companies and, you know, shoe companies, different, different companies, uh, you know, electronic companies, you know, if their kids were really into video games and, and things like that and, and just, you know, reaching out to those companies and saying, hey, you know, this player, you know, really values your product and, you know, this thing could be, you know, a great opportunity to, you know, shout you guys out on his social media account, you know, in exchange uh, for, let's say if it was a clothing uh, company, uh, some swag so he could wear it around the locker room. Uh, and kind of what that does is kind of amplify the company's uh, brand uh, if exactly. if you see you know a player doing post game interviews uh, in apparel, you know it might reach a, a audience that they haven't really tapped into yet. So the the brand, the company obviously sees the value in it, and they say, "Hey, all on board." And that's where you know basically my my work is done and, and handed over to Andy. Uh, and their marketing department to kind of, you know, fill out a uh, contractual agreement. So it's a lot of uh, prospecting. And then once the NFL season ended, um, or let's just say like around the uh, Thanksgiving time period, started reaching out to uh, potential uh, NFL draftees um, and reaching out to them through social media, as well as just, you know, email and uh, contacting them with information about the select sports group and how we can, you know, assist with them uh, when their playing career starts, you know, how we, you know, assist financially and as well as marketing stuff too. Like I just explained with, you know, get, getting them swag and endorsements and things like that. And, you know, with these kids, you know, being drafted at you know, 21 years old, I, you know, I'm, I'm 26 right now. And, if somebody, you know, offered me, you know, millions of dollars at, at 21 and, you know, kind of introduced me like the whole, you know, financial game of it too, I wouldn't know where to turn, you know, it's, it's a whole learning process. So what you're, what you're really trying to, you know, tap into is the, the parents, right? They're, exactly. they're going to be the decision makers, you know, typically they're the decision makers, you know, in their children's lives at that point, you know, they, a lot of them have a lot of way on, you know, where they went to college and 
different things like that, right? So really, you know, it, it's reaching out to those parents and and kind of letting them know why the select sports group is the best choice for their son. Um, yeah, I, I love that. You very proactive, very proactive approach. I love that. And you know, there's a lot of sports management programs out there. What was West Virginia's experience like as far as the sport management program? And, you know, a lot of, you know, students graduating right now, you know, with sports management degrees, you know, what was the differentiator for you that besides, you know, your networking and ability to keep, you know, former bosses of yours engaged, when was the turning point for you that said, hey, oh, you know, I can really make this a career? Um, I really think, you know, as it pertains to, you know, going into the uh, sports management at West Virginia, I thought it would be, you know, a great idea because of how large the campus is and, and being in the Big 12, you know, it got me that perspective of, you know, hey, they got a, you know, big football team. What's it like to, you know, work within, you know, Division One athletics and, and just see kind of the ins and outs know of that and see if it's a good fit you know with some you know not to you know kind of diminish you know smaller schools and stuff (laughs) but you know division you know three colleges that don't have a football program or you know large you know athletic budgets you know you can't really see the whole scope and the whole magnitude of things you know as you would at West Virginia um so I just thought you know it was you know a, a good choice for me And obviously, you know, as it pertains to, you know, kind of, you know, reaching out to certain uh, companies and stuff, it, you know, it's always good to, you know, kind of have something to talk about when, you know, you you say West Virginia University, because everybody then goes into, you know, hey, you know, back then when I was applying for, you know, jobs, it's, hey, you know, Tavon Austin, you know, uh, Pat White, he was a beast, you know. (laughs) football team ranked 10 in the nation and and wonder if they can keep it going and and, and things like that. So I I felt like it was just, you know, a right decision uh, for me to, you know, go to West Virginia university. And uh, yeah, it's great to, you know, stay in touch with, you know, uh, people that you've interned for and people that you've interned with because, you know, the experience, you know, being in college, is really making the most connections because you never know where people are going to end up. You know, <laughs> college, you know, it's, it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's really a lot of people's stories are unwritten, you know, in college. So one person that doesn't have it figured out, you know, five years down the road, they might have it all figured out, might have this great job and are looking to hire people. So you got to stay in contact with everybody that you come into contact with, you know, within the industry because you just never know, you know, what may happen. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think uh, the exposure uh, with the D1 program is certainly helpful, and and I love that, just being that proactive, taking that proactive approach. Um, so walk me through your current role. Uh, you're working with a Major League Baseball Players Alumni Association uh, right now, correct, in, in Florida? Correct. Yeah, so I'm, I'm down here in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. <laughs> working for a for-profit subsidiary of the Major League Baseball Players Alumni Association uh, called the Legends Entertainment Group. And, uh, you know, we assist uh, 
you know, former major league baseball legends by getting them paid marketing opportunities, uh, typically with, you know, fortune 500 companies and other organizations, you know, travel ball organizations, uh, you know, charity organizations, uh, you know, companies like that, you know, and basically we assist with, you know, getting them, uh, into roles, uh, for special events. You know, if, if a company needs a keynote speaker, uh, or, you know, need somebody to, you know, kind of amplify their grand opening experience. Uh, maybe they have a, you know, a charity event where they need to raise money and, and you know, have a golf tournament and, and looking to bring in some star power. Uh, they can come to me, you know, contact me, and I can get in touch, you know, with a potential player that fits uh, their needs. And, you know, since we're for-profit, you know, and bringing paid opportunities to the players within the client's budget. So from that point, once, uh, you know, the player and the client agree on the opportunity and the budget, then from there, uh, I assist with basically everything else, uh, kind of serving as a boutique agency, everything else needed to satisfy both parties for that event. So that means, uh, handling all the travel logistics. If if a player lives in California, but the event is in Atlanta, I can help set up, you know, uh, you know air travel and and getting the player uh, from the airport to the event. Uh, the contracts, facilitating the contracts, uh, creating the contract uh, and sending it to the client, and, and overviewing all the services and making sure you know, all the players, the player and the client, you know, know you know, what is being asked of them and, and way that, you know, all the, uh, you know, details and parameters when the payments do, um, what they'd be paying for, you know, how long the player be at the event, you know, things of that nature, just to have it in writing. Um, and then. Now, do you deal with uh, court, like, if I was a player and I would go to like, like a business outing, or do you like deal with all their, like, like marketing, um, all their marketing setup that's um, that like that's non-team related. So really, uh, we just you know reach out to the players based on you know companies reaching out to us. Um, you know we're not a hundred percent of these former players' marketing opportunities. We just kind of you know add on uh, you know to those opportunities that they might not be aware of. Um, so typically, you know what happens, you know type type setup is uh you know a company will email me or call me or text me saying you know hey we're looking to have you know let's take take for instance i know you're in baltimore you know everybody knows you know cal ripkin right you know just using as as a name as an example that everybody would know you know hey we would love to have you know cal ripkin uh at this event um you know let me know all the details and i i'd tell them hey let me know all the details uh, about the event, and once they you know set over the details, um, you know especially the budget, um, then I go to Cal and or his representation, uh, you know with that opportunity, and from there they'll say you know hey he's on board, or you know they might say hey you know, budget's a little bit off, different things like that, and and that's. I serve as kind of that liaison, trying to get a mutual agreement uh, between both parties. 
Uh, and sometimes there's there's clients that come to us and say, hey, you know, we have you know, we don't have a specific baseball player. We just you know want to have you know a, a notable baseball player you know at our event, right? And you know, we have mm-hmm. a budget of this amount. And from you know our knowledge and working with you know eight thousand plus former players, you know from there I can curate a list of guys to take into consideration uh, for that event and work with the client uh, to ensure that you know they're making the best uh, decision uh, possible. And then you know after that process, go to the player. Uh, like I you know explained with Cal Ripken, I, I'd go to the player that offer and and from there uh make it all work make it all happen that's awesome yeah make make that magic happen exactly. uh yeah, that's re- that's that's really awesome yeah. now um f- for these events does um does the organization have like i guess you know a quota for certain players or is there like do certain players say hey i want to be able to go to these certain number of events or have these certain events that I'm able to go to. Um, do you guys have any like, you know, numbers that you guys have to meet with, you know, um, for the players? Oh yeah. We're, we're always trying to get the players as many opportunities as possible. That's always the goal. Um, <laughs> as it pertains to the client and their quota, you know, it's really up to them. Um, you know, if, if they only have two events a year, you know, that that's what it's going to be. Right. So I can get, you know, players uh, for those two events. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, players will, will call me and say, hey, you know, recently retired. Right. And, you know, you know, knew a lot about the Alumni Association. I retired and, uh, you know, looking to you know kind of get some opportunities, um, you know, because I'm just sitting on the couch right now, not you know, doing anything besides playing golf and you know, twiddling my thumb. From there, I can kind of walk uh, the player through, you know, the uh, types of appearances, you know, we can, you know, look to get him into. Uh, also talk about, you know, the the characteristics of, you know, what separates him uh, from the other players. You know, does he have a particular background story that's, you know, kind of, you know, makes him a little bit different? Let's let's take, for instance, you know, you know overcoming adversity and stuff, you know, uh, perfect example would be you know Jim Abbott you know and and you know <laughs> having you know a missing missing limb and being a very yeah. successful uh pitcher within the majors for you know many many years um and obviously you know he has a very unique background story which is going to separate him uh from a lot of the other players and and there's just different uh you know things like that as well you know if if player has you know overcame cancer that's something that we can take to clients and, and clients reach out to us about you know with you know, diabetes just you know keep it on similar themes but you kind of you know get uh you know a sense of you know typically you know the conversation between you know me and the player if they're looking to you know be uh involved with you know opportunities you know, down the road and we try to you know the guys that reach out to us we appreciate you know, them reaching out to us and, and the guys, you know, we typically, you know, vouch for, right. Because they're out here really, you know, trying to, uh, you know, 
get to these events and, and, you know, make money. So, you know, we always appreciate, you know, guys that are you know, active and, and helping us out as well. Exactly. That's great. And I love that. And I mean, early on, you spent a lot of time in the DMV area. Yep. Uh, what was it like to move to St. Petersburg and uh, just take me through that process and how the opportunity, how the opportunity, the opportunity came up, you know, with, you know, with the baseball. Yeah. So <laughs> I am, you know, a, a DMV native lived in uh, Northern Virginia <laughs> for you know, 25 years, 24 years, you know, something like that. So really, you know, that was really the only place I called home. Um, but I always knew, you know, if the you know opportunity arose and, and it was a great opportunity that, you know, I was willing to move. And I felt that, uh, you know, being a part of this organization, helping uh, former players, you know, gain compensation through, you know, opportunities, you know, was something that really aligned with my experience and what I wanted to do uh, moving forward. So, you know, kind of, uh, you know, after all the interviews and stuff, um, actually, you know, just, you know, saw that the Alumni Association had a, a job posting, uh on I, I guess it was indeed i don't really remember but i saw it and i was like you know that's kind of funky you know it, it, I, i'm guessing it's the they're trying to say the mlb players association but they added an a you know i, I don't even know <laughs> if this is a you know actual post but i'm apply anyways right because you know just looking at you know all the requirements it just aligned with you know my experience so i was like you know it it's worth it. You know, I got my resume and everything and uh, shot off, you know, my resume. And a day later, uh, my boss now called me and, and wanted to do a uh, Skype interview with my whole department and everything went well. And they gave me about three weeks to move down here. And by that time it was the fall. And, uh, you know, great thing about Florida is in the fall and winter, it's 80 degrees, 85. 75 degrees so I, I know you being a, a DMV native as well you know a, a little bit of you know bipolar weather you know one day, one day in the exactly. fall you get 80 degrees and then the next day it's 26 degrees and snowing so it definitely made the decision a little bit easier and just felt it was the uh, right time and the right opportunity for me yeah, I love that. That's uh, that's fantastic. And um, you've had some experience with working with players, mm -hmm. uh, with your experience with the NFLPA. How did that opportunity come about? And what was that experience working for? Because obviously, you know, fans and the general public do not get an inside look to the players and even, you know, the, the associations mm -hmm. that are affiliated with the leagues. So how was that experience like in, you know, just walk me through that process. Yeah, I mean, uh, essentially how I got on to the NFLPA is, uh, you know, I kind of told you a little bit about my internship yeah. uh, with you know, Andy Ross's sports group. Mm -hmm. um, you know, eventually, you know, told him, you know, after that you know, season, it was, it was rolling around to that next season. And, you know, it, it was an unpaid internship, so I was working a lot of, crazy odd jobs just to kind of, you know, uh, keep myself afloat. 
luckily, yeah, Always, right? I mean, luckily uh, you know, on my side of things, I had a very supportive family that let me, uh, you know, back in the house after college, was able to you know, rest my head there at night. But as long as I was, you know, bringing in, you know, some income, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, be at that house. Uh, so I was working you know, crazy jobs, being a bus boy, restaurant, working at a you know, facility, uh, sporting complex, uh, you know, doing delivery and just, you know, my days I'd wake up at you know, 7 a.m., you know, work out, come home at 8, you know, shower. And then by 8.30, I'm, I'm on the road uh, to Andy's house, and I work with Andy, depending on the day, too. Um, you know, sometimes my work would actually call me in in the morning, and I would just flip-flop. Um, so I work with Andy from, you know, 9 to 2.30, and then head over to the sports complex from 3 to 8.30, and then, you know, at night would pick up a, a shift at a restaurant and kind of help, you know, bus tables and uh, kind of did it all at that restaurant, you know, being a host, a bus boy, um, and eventually uh, becoming a, a waiter as well. And it's just, you know, 24-7 nonstop. And, you know, a lot of times in the agency business, you know, it, it's there on 24-7 as well because, you know, you're with – uh, you know, the players demands. So, you know, things come up, especially uh, in the prospecting phase um, where, you know, meetings get made uh, with, you know, prospects. If the agent was in town, uh, he'd say, Hey, you have a chance to meet. It's like, yeah, sure. So they would contact me and I would need to make a, a big old, um, you know, portfolio of, the kid advanced college statistics um, as well as, like I said, why the select sports group would be, you know, uh, option for the player and his family um, all after my, my day is done. So when I'm, when saying, you know, like 9am to midnight, you know, I would have to come back and, and do a little bit of extra work, but that, that's what it takes sometimes. And, and you, don't, you know, complain about it. You just, you know, keep your head down and, and, you know, keep moving because it's all uh, worth something uh, at the end of the day. Um, from my perspective in, in dealing with players that, you know, kind of the you know main public uh, doesn't really get to see, I, I feel for the most part uh, guys are great to work with and, and they get it. Um, I'd say on the you know, NFL side, especially dealing with, you know, active players, a lot of those guys, have representation um, that you know, assists with you know, basically everything. So, you know, not really coming into contact with a lot of active players. You know, you might get the occasional punter who uh, doesn't he doesn't need <laughs> uh, representation uh, besides his you know contract that you know expires after his rookie deal, but he, he doesn't need like a marketing team around him because there's not really too much uh, endorsements that, that are coming through for a punter or a long snapper, things like that. So, so those are, you know, type of, uh, you know, contacts with, you know, NFL players and, and occasional uh, royalty checks uh, that you get from sponsors uh, at the end, you know, sometimes, you know, we would contact the player directly 
um, basically because it's it's for likeness and uh, you know agencies didn't really do anything to make that money so we would you know actually uh, you know just contact that player directly uh, from the former player side especially now uh, with baseball you just notice a lot of guys you know after spending you know 20 years 10 plus years uh, with the agent you kind of you know learn the ins and outs from them and uh, you know after your playing days are over kind of you know you don't really have to deal with you know those major contracts you're just dealing opportunities that are coming to your door. and that's you know where we kind of fit them with and kind of break it down to them that way they don't have to you know shell out you know fees for an agent they can uh kind of just you know sit back and you know collect their money yeah i love that that's and that's huge you know there's a lot of aspects of sports there's the league side um there's youth sports there's um you know Nonprofits. I was. I did a nonprofit um, with an organization in Silver Spring that donated uh, sports equipment to underprivileged kids in the area, and that's great. So, what I want to lean on is just how did you get that passion for helping either current players or former players, you know, on that side and making that impact for them, you know, whether it's off the field, you know, the, of course, everybody sees most of the time, the average fan right. sees what's on the field, but for yourself and your professional career in sports, um, where did, where did, where was that turning point for you saying, Hey, I want to make an impact for a player, whether it's current player or former player. And I want to make, I think it really started when I was on with uh, Andy Ross at the select sports and, and just you know, <laughs> dealing with everything that we had to deal with uh, in, you know, prospecting those guys and, and then, you know, seeing how he served his, uh, you know, existing uh, players and clients at the time, you know, the little things that, that he would do uh, for those players. Um, you know, one of the guys that he represents is uh, Ali Marpet, you know, offensive line down here for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and uh, <laughs> he's a big Jurassic Park fan growing up. And uh, around uh, Christmas time, uh, actually sent one of those, uh, you know, dinosaur uh, costumes he, on those uh, YouTube yeah. videos. He sent it uh, to his house, you know, and, and kind of, you know, a message being like, you know, since you're a Jurassic Park fan, it's a, it's a little gift. It's kind of a corny gift, but it's saying like, hey, I remember this <laughs> about you and I care for you. And that's that's basically, you know, from a you know, agent's perspective, how to, you know, show you care uh, for the people you represent. And it's not just, Hey, I get a cut of your paycheck. Like there's a person behind the dollar bills as well. Um, from the NFLPA and, and the alumni association, we help out with a bunch of, you know, charity events and, and nonprofit organizations as well. Uh, I know at the NFLPA, you know, I assisted with helping out with, uh, youth camps, uh, during the summer where a bunch of, uh, players, they would host uh, their local camps, uh, about 100 kids, 200 kids, and, and the sponsors uh, of the NFLPA would help out with that. Um, you know, EA Sports would you know send out you know a couple copies of Madden to to those camps. Uh, yeah, Body Armor would help supply the uh, refreshments. 
uh, Chick-fil-A would, would help uh, supply the lunch. And it was just really cool to help uh, set that up and also see, you know, these players are giving back to their communities. Um, and you kind of just see, you know, on the field, you know, on the field accolades, but, you know, not a whole lot of people get to see the uh, off the field achievements too. You really got to, you know, look for those. And, and I wish, you know, the media would highlight that more, uh, as opposed to if, you know, a player does something, you know, wrong or, you know, kind of speaks out, you know, against his teammates, things like that. You would actually like to see, oh, but he, you know, also does this for his, you know, local charities. He, he this much. He, he hosts youth clinic camp. I think, you know, narrative would, would shift uh, from kind of ridicule uh, from a lot of players to, you know, hey, you know, role model, right? Instead of, you know, cocky, arrogant, you know, it shift, you know, model uh, and somebody kids can idolize. Exactly. I love that. And that's so true. Now, did you get to travel to the camps? Because I know a lot of times the players host them in the cities or in their own home state or home city. So were you traveling? Uh, yeah. So with the NFLPA, you know, just uh, you know, travel local. Um, you know, they had a uh, Jameson Crowder uh, camp uh, in D.C. that I was able to attend because the headquarters of the NFLPA was in D.C. Just a quick little jaunt down there, uh, you know, during the summer, and also with the MLB uh, Players Alumni Association, we host youth, cl- youth clinic camps as well. And so uh, <laughs> we host a lot of them uh, in the state of Florida, especially in the winter months. Uh, so I go to those as well. And, and typically, you know, those are set up for about 100 kids. And we get about, you know, five or six former players. Uh, you know, each player is assigned to about 10 to 15 uh, kids, 15 to 20 kids, you know, just whatever adds up in total amount of kids there. We, you know, split it all equally and, uh, you know, kind of teach them the fundamentals of the game of baseball. So we get five, five former players, you know, one would be a catcher, one would be a pitcher, one would be an outfield uh, guy, infield guy, and just, you know, the guy that's, you know, really good with kids, right? And so, they would have certain stations they set up and run those kids through the stations and, and teach them the fundamentals of the game. And, and also after, you know, running them wild and getting them all exhausted for an hour or two, you know, sit them down and, and kind of give them life lessons. Right. And, and kind of provide a, uh, you know, image and, and an idol to look up to and, you know, Hey kids, this is the right way. Uh, to go about life and, and life is all about decisions and, and just kind of, you know, hammer that home because there's only so many times you can hear it from people within your community, your family members, you know, sometimes it takes hearing it from, you know, people that, you know, you idolize. Right. So I, I think it sends a, a great message uh, to these kids. And, you know, I love that we're doing that on our nonprofit end. That that's fantastic, and and I love that too. I you know, and I worked in sports media for for three years, where you know, and that's true. You hit the nail on the head with, you know, the athletes, and they play the game, but there's another side mm-hmm. of them, and it's always good to see that. And 
as we as we you know get through this pandemic, um, what is your organization doing, and how are some former players you know responding and and reaching out to their community? Well, uh, I, I think a lot of uh, former players are, are doing phenomenal things in their communities. I know uh, one player I work with, you know, a lot, you know, Andre Dawson, he actually, you know, is a uh, mortician down, down here in uh, Southern Florida. So he's you know, on the front lines of the pandemic, you know, uh, helping, you know, uh, with the unfortunate, uh, you know, deceased. uh, And he he has a a funeral home that he helps operate. So he kind of, you know, helps out with uh, you know, the bodies, uh, and you know somebody's got to do it. And you know, it's it's great that he's you know uh, you know stepping up to the plate, and you know, in you know, in the time of need, he's doing all he can do. Uh, and and another former player uh, that I'd like to shout out to is uh, you know Ron Kittle, who who is helping to uh, you know donate blood in the Chicago area. They had a uh, uh, What's it called? The uh, blood blood donation uh, at Comiskey Park, <laughs> and, uh, and he was out there giving out blood and, and raising awareness uh, that you know blood supply is you know short just because you know people are people are scared <laughs> to give blood now because you know, of all the uh, uncertainty with this virus and, and we you know uh, mm-hmm. transmitted from person to person. But you know, he was out there kind of raising awareness that you know. Hey, these these blood banks, you know, do need supplies to help out with other illnesses as well. Um, and and both those guys, you know, phenomenal people out there, you know, doing their best um, to help out you know, their fellow man uh, in challenging times. Yeah, I love that. I love that, and you know, especially with athletes, it's always good to see them making an impact off the field um, and off the diamond because, you know, they, sports brings us together. Uh, I like to say it's the greatest unifier. It's been, I'm sure you've heard that before as well. And it's always great to see when they make an impact off the field because, you know, we all want to be at a game and, you know, we can't be at a live event right now, but it's always good to see uh, when they make an impact mm-hmm. off the field and off the diamond. <laughs> so as uh, just – uh, just a couple of things here uh, before we close out. Um, what advice would you give to either, you know, a new student coming into college uh, wanting to major in sports management or a recent grad who graduated with a sports management degree or just, you know, a business degree who wants to get into the sports industry? Uh, what advice would you give to those folks? I mean, I, I feel like I kind of touched on <laughs> it a little, you know, in speaking mm-hmm. with you. Uh, you know, throughout this past hour is, you know, kind of, you know, work ethic, uh, making connections. And then it's not just making those connections, but staying in touch with people and reaching out to people and, and asking for help. Um, You know, work ethic, you know, if if you have a strong work ethic and and strong values, uh, that's going to take you farther than, than any degree. Um, and And that's first and foremost. Uh, you know, second is, you know, making connections because, you know, you know, ultimately we don't get here by ourselves. Nobody's self-made. <laughs> um, so if, if you're thinking that way, it's just, it's just not going to happen. You're, you're going to have to rely on people, uh, that will help you, uh, get your first job, 
get your foot in the door. So don't be afraid to ask for help, to show some vulnerability, to say, hey, you know, you know I'm having trouble you know, finding a job or, you know, I don't really know where to go and, and seek, seek help, right? You know, if you're going into college, I think one of the first people that, that you need to sit down with is uh, your professors, right? And kind of outline, you know, your goals and aspirations of what you want to accomplish. And, uh, you know, people are more than willing to help, uh, especially people within that line of work, because that's what they're there to do is help you. Um, so guidance counselors, professors, um, other people that have the same visions and, and same goals and same dreams as you, uh, align yourself with those people and you'll just see, you know, your, your goals and dreams and, and they'll take flight and eventually, you know, you'll, you'll realize them and, uh, you'll be where you want to be. Um, you know, there's, there's really, you know, no timeline, obviously we, Timeline is kind of, you know, you can kind of relate it to the virus right now. You know, sometimes they'll tell you, you know, <laughs> six to eight weeks. And then, you know, sometimes it's not that. Sometimes they'll tell you, oh, we'll have we'll have this done by, you know, the fall. And it's just not going to be that. So just remain patient and good things will come if you continue to work hard, stay persistent and do the right thing. Yeah, I love that. I couldn't say it any better. And growing up watching sports, I know uh, the Michael Jordan documentary uh, aired recently. So I got to ask, what was your favorite sports moment or game that you either attended or played in? Um, you know, when you oh were man, up? you're really on the spot here. There's just so many. <laughs> think about. It. I think just being a DMV native and kind of suffering through all the hardship of you know my team you know my city just not dc you know know, northern virginia so about (laughs) 45 minutes outside dc um you know just not being good enough right red you know i'm I'm 26 years old born in 1993 still still haven't really had a good team you know had some hopes had had rg3 just (laughs) never really you know came to fruition you know and you know, whenever we did have show promise the next year, we just, you know, laid an egg, um, you know, wizards, you know, yeah. with the last dance, we have Michael Jordan, but he wasn't the same Jordan. Um, you know, I'm an O's fan yeah. because, you know, baseball is, you know, my number one sport and, you know, we didn't really follow the nationals until <laughs> they got on and, and, you know, the Orioles signing, you know, Sammy Sosa when I was a kid and, you know, had Rafael Palmero uh, as well, you know, both, Players had 500 home runs. You also brought in Miguel Tejada, who was you know former MVP with the Athletics. You thought you had something, and, and team still was not very good. You know, made some playoffs. You know, when I got a little bit older, got into college too, but just you know lacked the pitching. So it's just you know this continuous cycle of being like man. And then you got the Capitals, probably the worst of them all, because they actually had the the roster and, and the depth to win a cup. And, you know, just year after year getting beat by your arch the penguins and, and you're like, <laughs> you kind of saw the writing on the wall year in, year out, you know, and, and just being in that close proximity with all the maggotry that is, you know, Pittsburgh fans, you know, you're kind of like, you know, Jesus, when's the torment going to end? 
in 2000, <laughs> I guess it was 18. It's, it's been a little while, you know, finally being able to you know, hoist that cup and, and seeing Ovechkin yeah. <laughs> and all he, all he went through just with, you know, being this superstar, really being, you know, in my eyes, better than, better than Crosby, probably, you know, the best, you know, pure score, you know, the NHL's you know, ever really seen, you know, Gretzky and Lemieux, probably better players, but Ovechkin, if I had one, one player to take one shot and score, it would have to be Ovechkin, especially from his office uh, right there. So really just when he hoisted the cup and kind of got, you know, all the naysayers are saying, you know, he's a choke artist, you know, especially when, you know, he started out, you know, kind of, you know, there was rumblings of his lack of effort, you know, coach killer, all this stuff, seeing him hoist the cup and how uh, overwhelmed with emotions, you know, uh, and what he was going through you know, at the time, it, it was just, you know, crazy to see. And it's something I'll always uh, remember. So I feel like that, uh, is something, you know, I'll never forget. And, you know, hopefully, you know, all my teams, uh, can join along. I know, you know, some of my you know, friends in the DC area, they got their national championship. I'm hoping for them to you know, do that. And I, and I think the big <laughs> one that'll really, you know, set the tone that I'll cheer about, you know, forever as well is, you know, my Redskins finally getting a uh, team that can actually contend. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And I'm I grew up in uh Jacksonville, okay. so um I'm right there mm-hmm. with you with the Jaguars, man. They they had a couple of good years and because my parents are originally from Maryland, so that's why I've spent most of my life now uh, in Maryland. But yeah, man, the Jaguars the Jaguars are tough, man. Mm-hmm. We gotta they were good for a while there until we got uh when Coughlin left. But yeah, I I fear you with that with the Redskins, man. Hopefully, hopefully we can see our teams uh, win a Super Bowl. Yeah. In the near hey, future. waiting. <laughs> it happens. It's all worth it. Exactly. Patience. Patience as a virtue, yes, as they say. Right. <laughs> all right, Cam. Well, I appreciate you coming on today and taking this time to just delve a little bit deeper into, you know, your story, your journey within the sports industry. Cause I know, especially now with the pandemic you know, a lot of students are un, you know, are unclear about what they're going to do next, but you're, you know, living it right now, man. Just, like you said, be patient and, you know, stay yep. the course, right. You really gotta do it and, and just know that I, you know, people are yeah. out here to help you. But you know, just just put the effort into it, and and you'll see you know good things happen. You know, you just gotta trust me because I, I feel like I'm living proof of that. So, and you know, anybody listening to this podcast, you know, if if they need you know any help or any advice, you know, feel free to reach out to me uh, on LinkedIn. And you know, Adam, you know, thank you for your time, and thanks for having me on uh, your podcast. You know, really enjoyed it, and uh, you know, hope to touch base soon in the near future. Yeah, man, would definitely love to continue this conversation and uh, stay in touch. But yeah, man, uh, stay safe out there and uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. You are doing great things and uh, definitely keep this conversation going. Yep, you uh, as well. Sure you take, take the time me. today. Yep. Bye. Bye.